0: Hey, this is Sharana, and let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about writing a book? It may be one of those fatty ones like War and Peace or some of those skinny ones, just like a booklet or a pamphlet or a cookbook. But how do you actually go about taking all that information and knowledge and resources that you have in your head and putting it into a book? Well, today I talk with Joshua Sprague who wrote his book after months of turmoil in just 21 days because his mentor challenged him to do so. And based on that process, he's created the 30 day book writing challenge of which several hundred bestsellers have been born. And today Josh talks about the process of how he came up with it and how you can use 30 day challenges to really get great transformations. All that starts right now with Joshua Sprague. So Josh, you didn't really uh, start off uh, teaching people how to do cool stuff. You actually started off as a ski bum. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm still a ski bum in a way. You know, it's like that was
1: my motivation the entire time and it's never changed. So yeah, ski bum
0: who has a business. Yeah. So where? Uh, so, walk us through the your top three ski spots. Where are they?
1: Oh, man. Um, I mean, Mammoth is definitely one of my favorites for sure. But like top top three for sure, Japan is is the best powder skiing in the entire world, hands down. The North Island of Japan on Hokkaido is the best skiing ever. I lived in British Columbia for a long time. Um, anywhere on the coast or in the interior of BC is amazing. And um, maybe a third to follow that would probably be like Jackson Hole. You know, it's amazing. All those have
0: spots. You, have so. you done any? Have you done anything that's kind of uh, thrill-based stuff, like jumping off helicopters and things like that? You know, I've done
1: heli-assisted backcountry skiing one time. So, like, my background is actually um, in the avalanche uh, side, avalanche mitigation side of the ski industry. So, I actually, used to be a ski patroller uh, who did avalanche control and avalanche forecasting. And so I used to ski around with like dynamite in my backpack and like blow shit up. And, uh, it was basically like every boy's dream, you know, it was so fun skiing all the time, but you know, you get tired of uh, making like 12 bucks an hour to uh, risk your life and then try and figure out how to pay your bills the rest of the, uh, the rest of the year when it's like summertime and fall. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I don't know. I had an epiphany probably 10 years ago, back 2010. I was like, okay, if I can ski 50 to a hundred days a year and make a really good living online, Like I'm all in, that's what I want to do. And that's kind of like how my path shifted to go down that, that rabbit hole and of, of learning about this whole like online business and, you know, digital entrepreneurship world.
0: So, yeah. So, so was there, so you had this idea and you're like, Hey, I want to kind of combine my passion time with some online entrepreneurship time that one pays for the other and you have a good life. Did you, what was kind of the first, uh, kind of the first introduction to it?
1: Um, man, if I think back, cause it was like back in 2010, I think like, uh, the first thing I ever came across, which sounds so funny to talk about now, but the first thing I ever came across were like these niche, um, like blog sites and stuff. And, and, and the first business I tried to create was, <laughs> it was, just, it was so dumb, but it was like orchid care or something. And like an ebook for orchid care I, knew not, I know, I don't know anything about Orchids or anything like this, but I bought this program and it's like, you should do this. You should create an ebook around Orchids. And it's a really passionate niche. And you should, you know, create all these like e-zine articles about it and, and kind of like SEO rank and do all this stuff. It didn't work. I didn't make any money from it. But I, I started to, to learn about this whole different world than what I'd grown up with, which was, you know, get a job or, you know, stay and work in the ski industry um, or go to the corporate world, which I just didn't want to do. Um, and so the whole idea that people were like making money in some other way outside of these traditional avenues was just so foreign to me, but so something in my soul I think was like, Oh, that's right. Like you need to go learn this. You need to go figure this out. And then I think that led to, to one thing. And, um, you know, I had a, uh, an old, uh, business partner, my first wife, we, um, we had, we started an information product business, uh, basically where we were teaching people, um, how to live, live healthier lives and eat more of a whole food based diet. Um, the problem was I didn't know anything about making offers at the time. So it was like, um, you know, we had a blog and videos and like all this kind of stuff that were going on, but we couldn't monetize it very well. Like never to kind of quit my job and do all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, that's kind of rabbit hole started, but, um, yeah. It all starts with the des- the desire. I think that's how it is with everybody, right? It's like you you desire something different. You desire to make a shift in some way. And you know that there's like more for you. You just don't yet know how the whole staircase is going to unfold, you know, yeah. but you take that step. And then the next step, and the next step to kind of, you know, botch that Martin Luther King Jr. quote.
0: Yeah. So, so. so I'd probably say like kind of the, um, Number one, I, I, it's probably not the number one question, but like the top 10 questions I normally would get asked is, hey, it's like, hey, Sharon, I tried this business, it didn't work and I'm kind of gun shy or hey, Sharon, I tried this and yeah, learned a lot, but I don't know if I have the courage to go back and do something else. Hey, Sharon, I tried this. So it, mm. clearly you tried the orchid stuff and we'll get into the, the other the stuff that's really crushing it for you right now. But there was clearly a time where you're like, you know, okay, I kind of learning, am learning the mechanics of this. What gave you kind of the feeling, the courage to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I learned that, and that's like you said, the next step. How, what what propelled you to say, all right, I learned this, and I'm gonna keep doing. I'm gonna get better at this. What's that driving force? How does that work?
1: I think there's just like some uncompromising commitment inside of you to create the life that you want. Like I just was never willing to give up on. This, like, I never wanted to um, just say no. I don't get to have the life that I want. I, I just was never like, no. I'm I'm going. There there wasn't ever a moment where I'm like, it is now negotiable for me to give up this idea that I get to ski fifty to hundred days a year and um, make a good living without having to go do, you know, a corporate job or. Um, go back to working in the ski industry or do those things. I knew it was possible. I saw it possible for so many other people. I didn't necessarily see them doing this and going skiing. You know, I was kind of like, I never really saw people like that, but it, it didn't matter. It was like, okay, the form and function, I see people doing it. And if, and if there's other people that are doing it, ultimately, eventually I will figure it out, you know? Um, I think what happens is oftentimes, like we start to compare ourselves. And I certainly had so many times of doing that. Um, but I think just being relentless and like not giving up on what you want is such a powerful just a powerful quality like when i look back at my life like i'm a i came from oklahoma you know it's flat there (laughs) i didn't grow up skiing right and then i fell in love with skiing like for real when i was like um 21 and i'd been skiing a few times before then but it was like i was 21 and i was living in colorado and i just got, I don't know, something happened and, and I went skiing and I was like, this is it. I love this so much. And it was, I wasn't even good at skiing. I was crappy at it at the time to start. And I was like, I am going to get really good at this and I'm going to work in the ski industry. And I just committed to it. I moved to Canada. I figured out how to take a winter off. I skied a hundred days for the first season. I learned how to do that. I found mentors, like I got to know the industry, I got to know snow and skiing and all these other things. And I became somebody who, you know, worked in that industry and did that when like, I didn't have any of these backgrounds that these mountain kids did. I didn't have any of the background that, you know, um, would say, hey, like within just a few years, you should be able to uh, get a position like that in the industry. And I did. And I think, like, I've applied that over and over and over again to to different areas. And it's not to say like, oh, I'm so cool, whatever. But I think that. I don't know, it's like, it's your life. (laughs) And I think too often, people just decide that they're going to compromise on like, what it is that they want. And I just believe that there's always a way like, there's always a way to figure it out. Whether you have kids, whether you have disabilities, whether you have obligations, if you give it enough time, and you just stay persistent enough, you will freaking do it if you just don't give up with it, you know. Um, And I know that sounds like kind of cliche or trite or whatever. But there is just something to me that is like, persistence and like un I don't know, just like unwavering commitment to not compromise on yourself. Cause you have to live with you at the end of the day. Yeah. But when you do that, it's like, okay, you, you figure it out. The next door opens and the next one. And yeah, I didn't mean to preach, but I guess I'm preaching.
0: No, it's good. That, that's <laughs> I, I asked and you preach. I love it. This is good. Um, and at some point while you were doing these multiple ventures, um, how kind of we got, we got connected was this uh, one of your one of your businesses right now, which is the uh, which is the book idea? And you clearly found that there was a hole where uh, you have what you know you know the stats better than I do. X percent of Americans want to write a book, but only two percent actually do. And you said, "Hey, I, you've got to give them a path to solving that." How did? Can you talk about how, kind of how that came about and maybe how all of that unfolded? Yeah, for sure. So I've been helping uh people write uh books and
1: become bestselling authors for about 7 or 8 years now. But for me, it actually the the whole idea of writing a book for me came about through uh a, a failed business essentially, right? So um the business that I had with my first wife, um, I was kind of more behind the scenes and I was doing a lot more of like the videography and the video marketing and kind of more of the technical aspect. And I and I started to get this desire to kind of branch out and do something on my own and have my own face be more of like the front of the personal brand. And um, and I loved working with other business owners and I wanted to like help share some of those things um, that I've been learning, you know, just in the trenches, even though the business hadn't been like crazy successful it certainly had had some successes, you know. Um, and so I thought to myself, okay, well, what's the best way for me to kind of like put my name on the map. And, um, I don't know, it it hit me that like having a book would be a really, really powerful way for me to differentiate myself, to start to begin building authority and credibility. And I mean, it's one of those things too, that like, you know, Instagram can come and go, like there's a million social media platforms that will come. But like, what's the one and only thing that has literally (laughs) worked to build. Authority and grow businesses for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. You know, you know like however long we've been having the printing press—a thousand years, right? Um, it's it's the written word, right? It's having a book. It's having your ideas down on paper so that people can read those and share those and get to know you. And there's something about a book too that kind of bypasses like all of the like the sales um, walls that we put up. You know, you're not mad when a friend like recommends a book to you. Right. You might feel kind of weird if they're like, "Hey." Here's the password to go download this digital course, right? Which you know you shouldn't do that anyway. But it's a little—it's a different thing, right? Like we see books differently because we inherently know, like, that there's so much value and time and commitment associated with actually writing and publishing and launching a book, regardless of of you know what the outcome is um, uh, of how successful the book is, right? And anyway, so I went—I went down this rabbit hole, and I was like, okay, I'm going to write a book, and I spent like nine months first off just like writing, rewriting, throwing everything. Away, which is like super common for most people that are trying to write a book. I thought, oh my god, like what I'm saying isn't good enough. It's not unique enough. Like, who am I to be saying this? I don't know what I'm going to do. And um, and then you know, I had a um, I had a conversation with uh, a mentor of mine who, um, you know, since went on to like write a New York Times bestseller and Wall Street Journal bestseller and some of these other things. And he basically was like, "Why are you taking so long to write your book? It doesn't need to be this. It doesn't need to take this long." And he more or less was like, Hey, um, if you don't get it done within, uh, it was about a month time frame, He was like, you have to pay me 250 bucks. Well, 250 bucks is like a lot of money for me at that time. Cause I was definitely like struggling to kind of build this stuff up. And I was like, Holy crap. Like I do not want to pay you 250 bucks to do this. And, um, that urgency really created in me, uh, I don't know just i figured out this process that worked really well and i ended up writing my first book in 21 days and um, then that book went on to become a number one amazon bestseller and you know after that it kind of helped launch the business Uh, well not kind of it definitely helped launch the business and i started having people ask me like hey how did you do this Um, can you teach me how to write one really fast can you also teach me how to get it to become a bestseller And so that kind of, uh, you know, that, that business really evolved out of, you know, the results that I created for myself. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into the whole book world. And now I've, you know, helped thousands and thousands and thousands of students like write and, uh, publish their books. And a lot of them
0: are Amazon bestsellers. So it's pretty cool. Awesome story. So when you, after you first wrote the book, let's talk about kind of the evolution of the business, you were like, okay, I wrote it. So I to do that you came up with a map for yourself and so you created this process cool and then was the first iteration of it you kind of you being a consultant and coach to helping people get their books like how did it evolve from there to where it is today
1: yeah for sure i mean it's had lots of iterations actually over over time so um the the initial way that it it evolved was um Uh, through digital courses, basically, you know, that I was creating, um, that was kind of the next step to escalate people into, right? You know, I was using the book, um, I got a lot of people on an email list, Um, I interviewed a lot of big name people for that first book as well, to help kind of spread the word, you know, you get authority by association as well. Um, And, and then I created, um, basically a a video course, you know, that I sold through webinar uh, to help people um, emulate, that's what i had done and um and so that was that was good and then i had uh, i joined a mastermind and i remember meeting this one guy who was like hey why don't you take what you're doing and repackage it all up and sell it for like 10 or 20 times what you're selling it for right now and i was like are you freaking crazy that sounds insane um but I did and I repackaged it up. I pulled it down how it was and repackaged it as uh, more of like high ticket thing, you know, that was like five to 15,000 or $20,000 to do this. And that was great. You know, it, it did well. It, it, it made it so like, I hit my first like six figure year, um, quite quickly after that. Um, but after a while, uh, you know, after a few years of doing that, it was, it was like, I got tired of just like the, the one-on-one, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the same thing. It was like, yes, you're making a lot of money from, um, doing it that way, but there's a scale with it. Like I'm always a part of it. I'm always associated with it. Um, and yeah, so the, the, I guess the latest evolution and the one that I'm like most excited about, you know, cause the process is, is, is really similar, uh, regardless, um, is I had this idea though, um, maybe about a year and a half, well, probably about a year ago, actually, I guess, um, where I was getting really frustrated with the fact that like, if I taught, somebody the information and showed them the path and they paid me 10 15 20 grand to do it then of course they would get the result because they had so much skin in the game like the results were insane but I would teach the same information um, at a lower price point and put it in like a digital, uh, like a video course. And some people would would consume it and some people wouldn't. And so obviously when people don't consume it, they don't get the results. So it was like frustrating me because I'm like, this is good stuff, this works. Like I know it, I've proved it over and over again, not just with myself, but like with my clients. Uh, and it's worked to help them write awesome books really, really, really fast. And also, um, you know, have those books become bestsellers. And I just went back to the drawing board and I said, okay, what if I, what if I literally just tell you what to do every single day? Like not like this needs to get done this week. And then this needs to get done next week. But like literally here's what you do on Monday. And then here's what you do on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And, I deconstructed the whole thing and I put it into, you know, uh, kind of my existing core offer, which is the 30 day book writing challenge, which has been amazing. Um, it's actually blown me away that, um, you know, the results, the results from it have been just, uh, so impressive for something that's literally just delivered through, through email. But, um, I think that's the thing ultimately, regardless for anybody, whether you want to write a book or not, if you're thinking about delivering some sort of product or training, people want to know what to do on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. Like that's the takeaway. We're so overwhelmed and inundated with like so many things we can do or the time it takes to like go and learn whatever it is before you get to actually actually like um, execute that the more you could just break it down um, day by day, the more you're going to see success for your students. Of course, that makes you feel better about what you're doing. That makes the product sell better. People are going to tell people about it more. And it's just like this beautiful cycle, um, of growth, basically, that happens from doing that. So, um,
0: yeah, dude, that's so cool. And and yeah. the interesting part is the way we got connected was I saw one of uh, one of our friends, Ian Stanley, and he said, "Hey, I'm going to write a book in November." I go, "Wait, how?" And that's random. Like it's super random that you would say that. And then he kind of broke it down. Him hey, following Josh's course, it's you know the 30 day plan and the challenge to do that. And I, I love uh, how did you come up with instead of calling it like a, cause you, you, you clearly thought through, Hey, this is not, I, you don't want to paint yourself in the course bucket or the action plan bucket. You've flipped it into the challenge bucket, which is also a motivating thing for people, which is like, Hey, I can do something for 30 days. I can, yeah. I can go show up at the gym for 30 days. I can do couch to 5k in 30 days. Like there's a transformational component associated with that. I bet you thought about, Hey, can I call this the 30 day course or the 30 day ta- challenge? and, and What was the thought process behind picking one over the other?
1: Um, I would love to tell you it was more like strategic than it actually was. (laughs) Some of this was a bit of luck. I'll be, I'll be brutally honest. You know, sometimes you do things and then you look back and you see why they work. Right. And I feel like that's actually what this was. Um, I thought, okay, I like challenges anyway. So the challenge and and challenges, I think most people get, you know, uh, I guess probably the biggest Takeaway is like if your product has a really clear name and a really clear outcome with a, a time frame. Like especially if you can deliver something that's results oriented like that, uh, the less you have to describe it, and the more it's kind of like self contained, the better. More people are going to get it. There's going to be less questions associated with it, and um, it's just going to convert better. You know. Um, so for me, it was just like I've I've had a lot of different iterations of what I teach inside of that, that were delivered in different ways. But I thought, you know what, okay, 30 days, we're going to write a book, and it's going to be a challenge to do it. And so hence the name the 30 day book writing challenge, you know, so it's so awesome.
0: And so yeah. um, have you for for something like this, I, I bet you've seen work finished products of various shapes, sizes, genres in this, right? Um, does something come to mind of or someone followed the 30-day book writing challenge and then said, and you looked at the final result and was like, wow, how did this person do this in 30 days? Has, that, has someone overlaid their result on your process and you've been blown away?
1: Honestly, it happens all the time. That was the thing. That, that's the thing that I'm most proud of about this product, to be honest, it's like, it just works. You know, if you do the work, it just works. And I literally get testimonials about it um, nearly every day, if not every other day, from um, people, you know, sharing <laughs> the the results that they're getting, um, you know, people following my other programs to then help uh, it, it become a bestseller. Um, and so I I think the the biggest takeaway for that and for anybody looking to create their own product or write their own book or do anything like that is like, again, can you lay stuff out so clearly step-by-step each day, like where, um, it just makes it so much easier to follow that people get the outcome, you know? Um, like, I don't know if you ever do a podcasting course or something like that, but literally if somebody were to tell me like, Hey, Joshua, if you're going to start a podcast, here's what you need to do on Monday and then do this on Tuesday and then do this on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday for like 14 days or 21 days or whatever that is. So that at the end of that time frame, like my podcast is up and done and created and I have my first five episodes created. Um, man, it just makes it so much simpler. Um, and especially with writing a book, because the process feels so overwhelming, right? You're like, Oh my God, there's so much to it. But, um, I don't know. It's kind of like when you know something that somebody else doesn't know and then they go through it, it's kind of like, I don't know a lot about podcasting, um, but I'm sure that if I sat down with you for like two hours and I said, okay, Sean, show me exactly what to do over the next seven days to just get the first episode done. And you gave me an assignment for every day of those seven days, I would have a a thousand times clearer picture than me trying to like figure it out and pull it out of my butt and be like, okay, well maybe I should do this or this or this, you know?
0: Yeah, spot on. Um, so a, when you were, I'll ask you two more questions about this. When you were designing this, um, this 30-day challenge from your original process that you are written in 21 days, when you were designing this, I, I bet there's, there's, there's probably like two groups of people right now saying, one saying, hey, I want to go do this because I've always had a book in me. And the other mm-hmm. saying, wait a minute, this 30-day process challenge, challenge process could be something that I could build. For something that I offer as well, so um, how how did you come up with some constraints? So, you know, I know you deliver it electronically, but did you say, "Hey, the, if Sharon is the avatar, uh, kind of receiving this day by day plan, uh, can I assume that he's going to have x amount of time to do it?" Like, how did you give yourself some constraints around the delivery of that and and the effort behind kind of achieving it? Yeah. So when
1: I so I
0: decided to do. Th-
1: Thirty days instead of 21, because 21 is really fast. <laughs> and I think that a good thing to keep in mind for anybody is like, you can be an expert at something, or you can be good at something. Um, but you can't assume that the person following your process is going to do it is exactly at the same speed as you are. So I wanted to kind of like build in more room, which I always think is, is a good thing to do. You know? Um, I don't know, I think I forgot.
0: The other half of the question. <laughs> no, no, no. So this is good so. How did you pr- how did you um, come up with the constraints around like like you, you can't ex- you can't assume that the person de- doing the thirty day book writing challenge is going to have a full work day to yeah. put this in. How did you come up with the constraints around? Hey, what is what can you expect that the person has to actually deliver this product?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, so I was working full time when I wrote my first book. So I knew that I I knew how to do it on a part time basis, you know. Um, And I think the other thing is typically, uh, one of the things that I learned is oftentimes as, um, uh, you know, as business owners, like, especially if you're sharing digital content, or you're, uh, you know, you have a service based business or something like that. Oftentimes, what we do is we think of the whole picture, that needs to happen for the customer in order to get them from point A to Z. But really what we need to do is we need to take them from like A to F, okay? So what I mean by that is I used to teach um, like in my video courses, um, how to take somebody from writing the book to publishing the book to um, marketing and launching the book successfully, you know, to become a bestseller. What I did differently with this one is I said, let me just put aside the publishing and marketing piece for the focus of this challenge. We'll get to that afterwards, of course, but the reality is it feels so overwhelming when you're just trying to get the book written to think about how am I gonna publish it and market it, okay? Once you have that win, then it's easier to move to the next win. Um, so that was a big piece of it for me. I said, I'm only focusing on the writing part of it for this period. I have other programs that of course help, you know, afterwards with the next steps, but they're only relevant when you need them, right? You don't need to buy those things if you're still working on, on writing the book up front. Um, so that was a huge way that I, I decided to constrain it was I'm only focused on just the writing piece so that by the end of this 30 day book writing challenge, you have your book, your nonfiction book written and done. You know, and then you're ready to move on to the other steps. Um, so I would say for anybody thinking about either writing a book or you know, as you're thinking about creating your own, um, there, there's a there's a, a concept that I teach in one of my other programs called email challenges to sell, where I basically help people learn how to build their own email challenge, like I do with the 30-day book writing challenge. But there's this 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 thing I do called um, problem tiers. Okay and basically um this is so valuable for anybody to do um with your business which is what you do is you want to kind of look at the different um problems that your customers have and then you want to put them in different tiers okay so you have little problems you have medium problems and you have big problems okay so i'll put this in the context of like what i do so a big problem that that somebody would want solved that uh if they come to me is how do i become a best selling author right now in order to solve that problem of becoming a best-selling author, we have to do a few things. One, we have to identify what book for you to write and we have to write a great book. We also have to publish it. We also have to create and implement and execute a bulletproof marketing plan so that you get that result. So there's all these problems that have to get solved in order to accomplish that big result of becoming a best-selling author. Um, so the sweet spot for products that I've found is to focus on those medium problems right? So the medium problem would be, how do I just write the book? Or how do I publish the book? Or how do I create a marketing plan to, uh, you know, launch this book? Um, And then below that, you have kind of like the little problems, which would be how do I structure a book? You know, how do I validate this book idea? Um, What are some of the writing strategies that I do? Those are the little problems that get solved in order to um, accomplish that medium problem, basically, of, of writing a book. So, problem tiers is so powerful in my mind. Um, and, and it also helps kind of constrain, um, what you're helping somebody solve without making it so big and so overwhelming that they get kind of, um, yeah, just overwhelmed by the process. Yeah. So does that so, make sense? I hope yeah, I explained totally. that no, well. That's,
0: I No, I like it a lot. So, so the, let's follow up on that. Cause you probably have a lot of thoughts around this, which is, so you have these three problem tiers, the, the, the smaller little ones, the medium ones, and the bigger ones. It, so once you have bucketed your problems, if you will, conceptually into those tiers, do you, do you tackle them in a specific order? How do, how do you suggest going about that?
1: What? So the, the way that I recommend do it is doing it is once you identify the medium problems for your industry, um, put circles around those because each one of those can become main offers for you. Okay. Now there's going to be ones that, um, happen earlier than the others. So for example, if, um, one of my medium problems is how do you publish the book? Well, if you don't have the book written first, then it's going to be, uh, not irrelevant, but it's not as important to know how to, how to solve that problem just yet. So I just start with a main medium problem that needs to be solved, which is how do I write a book? Um, and so for your, in, you know, for, for these industry, that could be entirely different. Right. So for example, um, I don't know what, what are some of the industries that your, your people are in? Yeah. You know, just the, say real estate for in, or Give me yeah. an example.
0: Yeah. Do real, yeah. real estate. Yeah.
1: Okay. Like a real estate investor or would sure, this be like yeah. a realtor?
0: Yeah. Just do, just do, do a realtor. Okay. Realtor is kind of, everyone has a, everyone can connect with that.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so let So let's say um, you're a realtor, right? And you want to start and grow, uh, you know, your your real estate business, basically. Um, It's cool to think about um, what it's going to be like once you sell 100 homes. But the first problem you've probably got to figure out and solve first is like, how do I just sell the first home, right? right? That's a medium problem that's very tangible that you could solve, which is how do I sell the first home? Or let's say it's another one where it's like, okay, there's all these different aspects of real estate you can go into. You could, um, you know, you could sell um, kind of like those mid-priced homes that uh, that everybody's looking for. You could sell to first-time home buyers, or you could just say, nope, out of the gate, I'm going to sell luxury real estate. Right. So um, if you decided that luxury real estate is where you wanted to go with it, well, how do I actually close my first luxury deal when I have zero experience and um, this is not you know, uh, this is not my world. So if you could solve that for me, and you had a path and process to do that, and I wanted to sell luxury real estate, boom, there's a medium problem right away. Um, and then from there, once I learn how to do that, then maybe the next problem is how do I get to selling 10 of them, right? Or how do I build a brokerage around this? Or how do I uh, in, start to take that money and invest in my own investments? Um, so these things kind of one medium problem leads to the next, the next, the next, until you um, kind of solve bigger and bigger problems, but it helps just bring it down to kind of like a more bite-sized level for somebody to um, immediately say, yes, I can see getting that result in the next X amount of time.
0: So do you actually time, I'm, I'm so let's take the book example, because it's really powerful. Do you actually timeline it out saying, hey, when someone has this big aspiration, which is, I want to become a best-selling author, They've got to do these six things. And so those six things become the six medium, quote, problems in the problem tier. Therefore, the first one that you focus on is, in, at least in the 30-day book writing challenges, solves one which naturally leads to them the wanting to do the next one because they already put all the effort in on the, on the first 30 days. And then it's now it becomes, a, hey, I have an agreement with, I've already done that work, so I should continue and get this, the next result. Is that right? Yep. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, man. Um, I, I, you, I have, um, I start and stop the my book writing process multiple times because I was overwhelmed, and finally, you know, I got some help, which is, which is, it's going to get it done. But it makes me, I'm totally going to do your challenge because it's. I actually think from a, I think not only do we have one book in us, I think once you write one, or for people like me, like and you who create a lot of online content, who create. You know, if I'm on a lot of podcasts, I'm speaking a lot, I'm on stage a lot, I'm doing coaching and consulting a lot. There is so many, as you said, there's so many medium problems that I end up solving a medium problem with a client every week. And that allows uh-huh. them, and so I almost feel like, wait, I should stop and just pull back and tell that client, hey, listen, let me just build something around this and hand it to you. Because I feel like every consulting call with the CEO of a seven, eight, nine figure business is a product in and of itself. And so there is a, and I think we do that often. We end up doing the same things over and over. So if we can memorialize that and share that experience, I think two things happen, right? One, it allows the world to get a, like you said, a, a, a tangible artifact of it. But I think too, when, when someone writes that book, the, the fact fluency and the confidence associated with that material is so deep and so like, you know, in your nervous system, which is what I think gives people, I, and that, I think that's why when you can interview an author, they know their stuff so well that it's super enjoyable to talk to them about that material. So even if you, that when people tell me like, you know, hey, I don't want to read, I'm like, you're crazy if you don't want to read that book. Someone spent days, months, years writing that. Can you imagine how hard it is to do that? And uh, that's why when people, I, you know, authors totally appreciate the books because they know what it takes to actually the process of it. <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. No, I I think that's why, you know, books are one of those things too, where the investment in them is, has like just a timeless return on them, you know? Um, Sure. They're not like, they don't have the highest profit margins for the sale of the book, you know, but you know, people understand how you can leverage a book for credibility and then roll that into other, uh, you know, other things, whether that's growing a coaching business or getting more clients or, you know, even huge CEOs of like multi-billion dollar corporations writing book and and that getting more PR and publicity for the company, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a timeless asset for sure. Yeah.
0: Um. So, so um, get, for folks that are listening and saying, all right, cool, I'm in, I want to do this. What is the, what's the next step for them to kind of get more info on the 30 year book writing challenge and how does that, how does that work? Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, uh, all the details for it. And if, and if anybody wants to get registered for it, of course, um, they can just go to the 30 day with the number 30. Um, but it's really simple. You know, it starts, um, I have them start every Monday, and, um, and it's all delivered via daily assignments uh, on email. So there's a lesson that people get, and then an actionable assignment that generally takes about 30 to 60 minutes per day. And, um, you just follow it, do the work. Um, you know, we have email support throughout the entire process. So it's very, uh, you know, you, you get that engagement as you're going through it too, to get feedback and things like that on your ideas. And, um, yeah, that's how it works.
0: So awesome. Super simple. Cause I think this went back to the first thing that you said, if you can have the name of the course, be the course, be the product, it actually explains. So it's the, the 30 day book writing challenge.com. Correct.
1: The 30 day book challenge.com, and, awesome. and the 30 is just the number three zero.
0: So awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, Josh, where can, where can folks connect with you? What's the best way to kind of get more of other stuff that you're working on and see, um, you know, how, how can folks get more of you online?
1: Um, yeah, either that site or, or follow me on Instagram. Um, either one of those is, is fine. My Instagram is at Joshua J, my, that's my middle initial, Sprague S P R E G E.
0: And uh, yeah, so awesome. Fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll link all those up. And hey, I can't thank you enough for being on. Yeah, it's uh, I'm definitely going to do it. And uh, hopefully we'll get other people to do the challenge as well. And, and you'll get a bunch of uh, bunch more testimonials and a bunch more people that have gone through your challenge and deliver some cool artifacts into the world. So thank you so much for doing this. And thanks for being on and sharing it with everybody. Yes, man. Thanks so much. It's fun. Hey, Sharon. I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow dot com.